Eight years ago today, or yesterday by the time most of you listen to this, the Mavs made one of the greatest comebacks in NBA Finals history. We're going to remember every minute of it together. We're also going to go through the latest free agent rumors and try to predict the Mavs starting lineup for next year. Let's get started. Welcome to the Dallas Hoops Fancast, a podcast for Mavs fans. I'm your host, Sydney. I'm here with my co-host, Martin. Hey, guys. On this podcast, we talk about, you guessed it, the Dallas Mavericks. We're true fans. We don't work for the team or any high-profile media outlets, so we can speak our minds and we sympathize with you. Listen weekly on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, pretty much anywhere podcasts are available. You can also click the link in the description or go to anchor.fm slash Dallas Hoops Fancast to send us audio comments and a voice message. We'll try to incorporate a listener question every week for you guys to share your opinion on, but feel free to open up the app and um, send us a message on pretty much anything you want. Again, that's anchor.fm slash Dallas Hoops Fancast. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Dallas Hoops Cast, on Instagram at Dallas Hoops Fancast, and now you can subscribe on YouTube. Um, just search Dallas Hoops Fancast to listen to new episodes and to leave a comment on each episode. Okay, I think that's all. I, I feel like we need to shorten <laughs> that just a tad because um, even I was getting bored throughout Well, you that. know, there's so much, and it's like... I know, I feel like we're getting a lot of new listeners, and so I want people, if they're listening for the first time, to know why we're different, why they should listen, where they can listen, and so on. So why don't we do that at the end of the video or the podcast? Because if they're already here, then they know all of those things that you just said. No, they might be new. Okay, then at the end of the podcast... But what if they don't make it to the end? Well... Then we don't want them as listeners. No, I want everybody as a I'm listener. Just Anybody that's a Mavericks okay, well, fan. Okay, well, maybe you can write it and shorten it just a tad because that was about five minutes. <laughs> this whole thing that okay. you're doing, that's five minutes. Are you ready? I was ready a long time ago. Okay, so we have um, three main topics. First of all, we're gonna. I'm gonna start with the last. You know what? I'm just gonna start. So our first topic is uh, free agent rumors. Now, free agency starts July 1st, so we have about a month. It's getting closer, um, but there's still a lot going on in the meantime. In our last episode, um, which was sort of a, a spur-of-the-moment episode, we talked about Jimmy Butler, the Jimmy Butler rumors, and not even really rumors. It's like a conspiracy theory at this point. <laughs> um, and I think that a lot of people... I don't know, either believe the conspiracy theory or are just really interested because that's becoming one of our most popular episodes. Um, it already has like over 200 views on YouTube, um, which is surprising since that channel is new and that's all of that is new stuff, but people are just finding it and, and listening to it. Um, there was a new article that was posted by Mike Fisher. He was talking about the Jimmy Butler rumors, if the Mavs are going to get him or not. And he said something interesting that the Mavs would not be interested in Jimmy Butler because of what we talked about, his attitude, if you want to call it that, or that he just, as he put it, he doesn't play well with others mm -hmm. and not on the court, but just personality wise, he's not, he doesn't mix well with other people. Now, I don't, I couldn't quite tell from the article if that was like insider information or if he was sharing his opinion based on what he knows of the team, because he is very close to them. So he knows kind of how they think. I don't know which one it was, but it's definitely something to think about. Yeah, I think uh, we'll know a little bit more about that based on how Philadelphia reacts or handles mm -hmm. it. Um if Philadelphia is a little reserved on their offer, which there's already rumors that they're not even willing to give them the fifth yeah. year option, which is a little ridiculous. Um, if they are really trying to keep him, the only leverage that they really have is the fifth year option. And if they're not willing to throw that in there, then he's free to go. He doesn't have any reason to stay. So the fact that they're not willing to do that leads me to believe, okay, maybe that they don't like that you know, his uh, personality or his mm -hmm. mesh with the team. Yeah, I don't know why they wouldn't offer him the fifth year. I mean, he's 
29, so it's not like he's too old. And, I mean, he does have the weird personality. I get that. But um, he's still, I mean, he averaged 18 points a game for them. Um, he was great in the playoffs. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, if, I, I bet you if you ask them during the, the playoffs when he oh, yeah. won some of those games, if they cared, they would have been like, no, we don't care about that. We're, we, we love his attitude like a, a Coach yeah, Brown Yeah, that was said. a James Butler game. Yeah, Jimmy <laughs> was, Butler. Yeah. You said James Butler. Yeah, the the coach. He said it was a it was a grown oh, game. Oh, okay. All he right. said that was James Butler out there, <laughs> and then Jimmy Butler was like, "My name is literally Jimmy." Like, <laughs> it was funny. so, but yeah, if they ask them, or uh, if you, if they were asked how they felt about his off the court issues during the playoffs, it wouldn't have been an issue because he was helping them win, right. and they were, you know, in Game Seven, buzzer beater away from beating the Raptors, who are now in the finals. So, but it is a little weird that the rumors are that they don't offer him the fifth. And if they don't, then I got to believe that they really don't want him back. But they have to offer him something, obviously, for the fans, you know, and so they think, you know, hey, we we offered him something. But really, they just, they don't want him back because their one leverage is that fifth year. So if they really wanted him back, they would offer him the fifth year. I'm surprised because... My thought, anyways. Yeah, I mean... I, they haven't been leaked, linked to any other free agent. So if they don't re-sign him, then they would have just their team minus Jimmy Butler, which is not better. It's worse, obviously, because you're losing one of your best mm-hmm. players. Tobias Harris is also a free agent, and we don't know if they're bringing him back. Probably. If they don't bring back Jimmy Butler, they better bring back Tobias Harris. So it is kind of interesting that they're not – that it – at least from what we've heard, they're not willing to offer. They're not sold on offering the fifth year. And if they don't, then, yeah, he's free to leave. But like you said, that should be an indication. Like maybe mm-hmm. his – and, you know, I said this I think before last episode when I was talking about all the speculation. I might have said it in the previous episode how I'm not crazy about the idea of having Jimmy Butler because of the off-the-court yeah. stuff. And then, like, once I started hearing those rumors, like you said, I kind of started warming up to the idea. But – Maybe we should pump the brakes a little, a little bit and be like, you know what, that is that is a big deal. Like we should be concerned about that. Yeah, I mean, the last thing you want is Jimmy and Luca, you know, having a battle or, or right. yelling at each other in practice. Now, Luca's a little bit more strong-willed or tougher than Carl Anthony Towns or Andrew Wiggins, who kind of just wilted <laughs> under the pressure. And as soon as he leaves and Carl Anthony Towns is a great player, well, obviously he's not tough (laughs) if, uh, you know, one guy was bringing him down. Um, Yeah, you don't want Luca going back and forth with Jimmy or Chris Stapps going back and forth with Jimmy. You'd rather just avoid all that altogether. But what he did in the playoffs, that's what you have to really think about because can he help you win? So I don't know, but I, I know the Mavs have had some mistakes in the past with some character issue guys yeah. like Lamar Odom, um, the twins. Rondo, Rondo, yeah, the twins, the Twans, the Twans. Well, it was really Antoine Walker that was mm. the problem. But the more recent ones with Rondo, Cuban has said that he will not deal with character issue guys. Like Anymore. he just, yeah, he's yeah. done dealing with them. So if that's the case. And Jimmy has a character issue, then they wouldn't be interested. Yeah, then they're definitely out. Yeah. And like you said, Luca has a pretty strong person and or not personality, but he's strong willed. Yeah, he's and, tough. He's not gonna back yeah. down. Yeah. And Porzingis does too. Right. I mean, I always thought of him as kind of like this shy sort of European guy. Maybe just because I assumed they're all like that. But when you really when you watch him play and then when he talks, it's like this guy knows who he like. He knows yeah. who he is. He yes. knows what he is, and he's not afraid. He's not of, intimidated yeah. or afraid. Yeah, yeah. So that could that could cause problems. They've also had other character guys that weren't such a big problem. Like people, we had heard stuff about Monte Ellis mm-hmm. when they had him. He was fine. Now maybe all those rumors weren't true. So maybe that's why it was okay. Well, one of the things that helps is having Dirk, mm. because yeah. you know Dirk. The team is Dirk. Dirk is the team. So if you have a problem and Dirk has a problem with it, you better correct it or you're gone. Yeah. And Dirk just had an infectious personality where he can relate to everybody. And I think Monte really related to him or, you know, developed a bond with him. 
Uh, and JJ is a lot like that. JJ yeah. has a, a command of the in a presence in the locker room, so he can offset that a little bit. And I think he did that this year with the whole Luca. Remember in the beginning, yeah, a lot of these it rumors was like coming Luca out. And Wesley, and yes, DeAndre and DeAndre, and, and, and they clearly give him the ball, right? And, and yeah. there was clearly something really there because yeah. you can see it on the court. That one yeah. rebound where he stole from Luca. Yeah, it was like, hey, I'm the rebounder. Get out of the yeah. way. And, well, and like the video that I posted on Twitter. Of it was in the Spurs game, I think, where he, um, it was kind of the game where he stopped caring that no one was giving him the ball. He would like if he got it, he Luca? would just shoot it. Yeah, Luca. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, he shot it, and then he mouthed as he was going back, give, give him, me, give the, me the freaking ball. Yeah. So not so nice. <laughs> yeah, not not quite like that. But yeah, he has a strong personality. Um, and then also, who was he? Uh, Delonte West. Mm-hmm. So he had some LeBron's personality issues. Um, but he seemed fine. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I know there were things probably going on, but he seemed to handle things okay. Now, who knows what it took to keep those guys on an even keel. So maybe even mm-hmm. though it seemed to work out, Cuban still just doesn't want to mess with it, which I can understand. I don't blame him for that. Yeah, and I think the difference with them and Jimmy and Rondo, like Jimmy and Rondo are established. Like Rondo, when True. they got him, was a star. And he had been a star in the league. He was a champion. Uh, Jimmy's an all-star. So, you know, maybe he thinks he's above that, you know, above yeah. JJ and, and Carlisle and all that. Like Rondo. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if 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 Jimmy does have character issues. In all honesty, we as, as great as he would be, you just don't want him in your locker room. Because then, I mean, think this year. There were so many rumors about all the the locker room issues yeah. with the Mavs. It was really getting annoying, and it was sad to see. And you just you don't want to do that going into next year or or having those issues next season. Yeah, because then it's not even about what's going on on the court. Yeah, because there's just so much other crap. Yeah. Like win or lose. Like even if you win, it's not really a win mm-hmm. because you never know when something's gonna explode. Yeah. yeah. So, um, Jimmy's still a rumor, but you know. Now Time will seems tell. less likely. Yeah. yeah. So the other guy that um, that they've been linked to is Kimba Walker. And again, we're still not, I mean, at this point, we're just reading into like everything. So Kimba Walker, he was doing an interview. He talked about a lot of things, but one of the things that came up was free agency, how all these teams are pursuing him. And this was his response to that. His quote, he said, Charlotte is my home. I've been here for eight years, and it's been the most amazing eight years of my life. My family, they love it. The fans love me. The organization has been great and gave me my opportunity. So it sounds like he definitely feels some loyalty there, which I can respect that. I mean, it's true. They drafted him. They've stuck with him for eight years. They've allowed him to grow. They've helped him to grow. Um, And there's some guys that... Staying with one team for your career, the majority of your of your career, really means something, and he might be that kind of guy. So it sounds like, you know, he might test free agency and maybe he'll leave, but it's not clear. Like it's it's not like he's ready to leave now. Yeah, we'll see. I think a lot of it could be uh, he wants to make sure Charlotte offers him the supermax, <laughs> and so oh yeah, I love Charlotte. You know, if he's already hinting that he's out the door, yeah. then. Why would you give somebody a super max that doesn't really want yeah, to be there? Because then he's only staying for because of the that. money. Yeah, and and obviously others could say, well, in order to keep him, you offer him the super max. Yeah, you do, but there's, you know, it, it's got to be more than just that. And well, so, it's like the Sixers. Maybe they're not willing to offer the fifth year because they feel like he doesn't really want to be there. Right. That's just total speculation. Mm-hmm. But to your point, we're fans. Like, we can say what we want. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We can say yeah. So, you know, the super max. Honestly, if I'm Charlotte, I don't offer him the Supermax because that's $40 million a year. That's 40% of your team's salary. And you've never really had a successful season with Kimba as your main guy. And your your Supermax guy's got to be your main guy. I do think, I don't know, I feel like they should offer it to him because if they don't, it's not like they have a better option. And you never, like... You keep him. Who knows what trades you can make? You keep building a team. I just think that you need a superstar. You know, you have a a star or a superstar, depending on who you talk to. I think you keep him. Yeah. Uh, I mean, 
if I'm Charlotte, I'm thinking about moving on and starting over because they are really cash strapped. I mean, they gave um, what's his name, the guy we always like, the Frenchman. Oh, oh no, not Nicholas Batum. Yeah, Batum. Oh, okay. They gave Batum all that money. Yeah, but that was that was a couple of years ago, wasn't it? Yeah, I think they're still paying on that. Well, though. true. Yeah, they'd have a so couple years. So they left. they don't really have a lot of money. I don't think they have really any money to offer anybody. You know, and Kemba has never. And and I'm not being disrespectful to him. It takes obviously a lot more people to win. But if you're gonna pay the guy their super max, it's gotta be a Kawhi a Durant, a Steph, you know, LeBron, those guys get the super max because they can help you win 50 games just on their own. And I don't think Kemba can do that. So last year they finished with a record of 39 and 43. I really thought they were better. Uh, Well, they started the season, but I think last year they were a little bit better, but Uh, they lost to the Heat in the playoffs. The year before that, they were 36 and 46. Oh, okay. And then before that, it was identical, 36 and 40. So the closest they've gotten to a 40-win season in the past 20 years was the 2016 season they finished 48 and 34 so they've never and that was the year i think they had dwight oh yeah yeah dwight and kemba yeah 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 so they they haven't been great and that's in the east now i will say the east is stronger than it was it's top heavy you still have like a a below 500 team i think made the i think the pistons were below 500 so like it is a more challenging uh conference than it used to be but it's still not like the west so Mm -hmm. to finish 39 and 43 that's still not like in the west they probably would be even worse than that going against against all the other teams yeah and they were in contention for a playoff spot till late in the season but again you're talking about 40 percent of your team's salary going to one guy and with all due respect to kemba i just don't do that now i may sign him to that but in the thought of trading him (laughs) you know doing a sign and trade because i don't want to get stuck paying that much money on one guy Nobody else is going to Charlotte. Like, Charlotte's going to build through the draft. But see, that's the problem. That's why I think they should sign him to a no. Supermax. Because, I mean, at some point it's about winning, but at some point it's also about selling tickets. But and if you he's can't, all you've got, you keep him. But you can't win with him. And you're not going to sign anybody yeah, else. Yeah, but then that's when it comes about selling tickets. And he's your star. But, th- uh, yeah, but I think personally you got to try to win. And yeah. I know selling tickets is important, but if you're not winning, what's the point? And personally, you start over, you you tank, you redo it through the draft, and you try to do a Utah or a San Antonio or an Oklahoma City or Golden State. You draft your guys. Yeah. And you know, if you want to tank with Kimba, you know, sell him. Hey, on on one or two of the, these first two years, we're gonna tank. So we can get try to bring some help because nobody's going there. Yeah. Well, I mean, Kemba Walker last year at, or this past season averaged 25 and a half points, four and a half rebounds, six assists, shot 43%, 35 from three. I mean, I think, I still think you keep him, but I can understand your point. Yeah. Um, so for the Mavs, what does that mean for them? Again, well, you from, offer him the max. Yeah, yeah. From from his quote, it sounded like he does want to be loyal to Charlotte. Like that is his first option. If they don't offer the super max, they screw something up. Then he's probably you know he'll look elsewhere. But it sounds like his first option is Charlotte. So it sounds like the odds of the Mavs getting him are lower than what people previously thought. I thought they were pretty low anyways, but now it seems like it's even lower. I don't know. There's a a lot of people out there that think. That that's a real possibility of yeah. Kemba coming to Dallas. Um, I mean, there's a lot to like about the situation in Dallas. You'll have Porzingis and Luca, and uh, you have a team that's on their way up instead yeah. of the Hornets, who are basically mediocre yeah. every every single year. And you're still going to get paid, and you don't have the same pressure of having to make every single play for True. the team because you'll have Luca and Porzingis, and probably Luca is going to be their number one guy anyways. Kemba will kind of slide into the number two or three, depending on Porzingis recovery and how he does when he first starts. Yeah. I am. Um, I'm warming up to the idea of how Kemba fits in Dallas. 
Um, but the reason the reason I think they have slim odds of getting him, I'm just going based off of past history. Yeah. And they've just never gotten that guy. So I have no evidence or proof. I'm just going based off of the guys they've gone after in the past eight years. They haven't gotten any of them. I mean, not not the big name guys. They mm-hmm. got um, Parsons, Harrison Barnes, Monte Ellis, but those were like the B list guys that like no one else really went mm-hmm. after. If we're being honest, yeah, but they have different players. Yeah, now the, the, the reason team is why, different. like Darren Williams, straight up said, yeah, Dirk is getting older and there's no one else there. Yeah, he said he thought it would just be him and, him Dirk, and Dirk, which honestly would have been a really been. good team. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, but and it, it would have been, been that. Yeah. yeah, but now you you already have Luca and. Porzingis here and you have a championship winning coach and you have right. an owner that will spend and spend and spend yeah. so now that you have Luca and Porzingis here it's a little bit more enticing so I think the Mavs odds are better not saying they're going to get any of them but I think they're it's just different circumstances yeah now. and they're not going after imbeciles like Dwight Howard <laughs> you know to your point about the Hornets drafting I think a problem they have is that they have not drafted well. Well, and they're always middle of the pack because they're always mediocre. Mediocre. So um, in 2018, this past year, they had the 11th pick. They drafted Shy Gilgis Alexander, but they traded him to the Clippers. Uh, that was a mistake. That now, was a mistake. <laughs> now I don't know. I don't know if that pick was going to the Clippers. Like that might have been part of another trade, trade and it was protected okay. or something. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Um, before that, in 2017, they had the 11th pick. They drafted Malik Monk. He's okay. He hasn't developed the way they, they wanted him to. In 2015, they had the ninth pick. They drafted Frank Kaminsky. In 2014, with the ninth pick, they drafted Noah Vonley. Mm. 2013, fourth pick, or Vonley was a ninth pick. I don't know what I said. In 2013, the fourth pick was Cody Zeller. 2012, uh, the second pick, Michael Kidd-Gilchrist. That one, the the Cody Zeller and the Michael Kidd-Gilchrist pick and the Vonley pick was bad. The Kaminsky pick was bad. In 2011, they drafted Kemba Walker. They also had the 19th pick where they drafted Tobias Harris and Mm. they traded him to Milwaukee. For what? See that? I don't know. (laughs) You know. Um, They traded him along with Steven Jackson for... Corey Maggette and Bismarck Biombo. So Biombo had a couple good years, but I mean, you, look at Tobias Harris now. You'd Tobias rather have Harris, yeah Tobias yeah. and Kemba. See, that's the thing that you know we've talked about with Anthony <laughs> Davis. We didn't like the whole trade thing, but after we thought about it and we saw how long he had been there and how you know they the Mavs, done anything. the Mavs had Luca in one season. They get yeah. Chris Stapps. Yeah, four months later, they're like they he's Porzingis. a star. Yes. let's make some moves. So really. You want to go to a not? It's not so much the market; it's the management of yeah. the team. And the Pelicans had seven years with Anthony Davis and never made it any. Now they did get Demarcus Cousins, but yeah, that was well, a poor decision. Go. Yeah, <laughs> and not only that, the, the trade was just bad because you had two centers out there. Yeah, and it was like if you really scouted, you really thought about this, and then you trade Buddy Heald, who turned out to be a twenty-point scorer, yeah. who would have been perfect with Drew Holiday. And Anthony Davis. So they made poor decisions, and that's why Anthony Davis wants to go. And the Hornets, they're making poor decisions. Michael Kidd Gilchrist. That was a terrible The number two draft. And overall everyone pick. said at the time it was a terrible draft pick. And and you know, Frank Kaminsky, Cody Zeller was not a very good pick. So they don't they're not making good management decisions and putting the team around. So what is Kemba going to stay for? It's not like he has any hope that they're going to bring anything there. If he does stay, it's because he loves the city and uh, he just wants to be a part he of, just of feels Charlotte. Loyal. Charlotte. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think he's gone. I don't know if it's to the Mavericks, but I think another team like New York, New York. or even, um, what was it? Boston. If, if they lose Kyrie, they might um, have some cap space. Yeah. If any of these uh, teams that have cap space, the Rockets um, might be trying to clear out. Cap. Yeah. So there's other teams that they're on their way up. I think they're going to snatch Kemba away. And uh, hopefully it's the Mavs. I guess I, I'm not 100% sold on them. But if Donnie Nelson and Rick Carlisle are sold on the idea, yeah. then I'm good. I'm just hesitant to, to bring a guy in that's going to take the ball away from Luka. Yeah. After that great rookie year, I feel like. You should build around that. Well, I think we're so protective of Luca, and this is a product. He's our of, baby. Yeah, this is yeah. a product of being 
a Mavs fan is that you know you're biased about mm-hmm. anything to do with the Mavs. So we think Luca is like he's gonna be an MVP in like five years, and so we want him to have the ball every single possession, yes. take every sh- every shot, everything. But the fact is, he just. It's not that he can't do that, but he shouldn't do that. He can't make every play. Yeah, I mean, play. you look at the teams you'd be going, you know, the Warriors, um, Rockets, the Spurs, Thunder, Toronto, all these teams have multiple playmakers, mm-hmm. multiple stars. And so as much as I want Luka to take every shot, I know that it's not good for winning. Yeah, and do you want him to be James Harden averaging 36, 10, and 10? On 40 shots on 40, where he has and, the ball 90% of the time. Yeah, that would be a lot of fun, but you're not going to win. Right. Or you can be Kevin Durant averaged 26 points a game and win 15 championships because he went to the best team <laughs> in the league. So, But there's a lot of other free agents I want to get to. I feel like we're spending a lot of time on those two. Okay, so that was um, Kimba Walker, Jimmy Butler. uh, You talked about... No, we've talked about Malcolm Brogdon in in the past. I think, personally, my my opinion, that's the Mavs' secret actual target. Write it down. Write it down. You heard it here first. (laughs) Malcolm Brogdon is going to be a Mav. But not just that he will be a Mav, but he's actually their number one target. I personally think, yeah. how can he not be? He is a, a Carlisle guy. He is a Maverick guy. The, his his personality, his style is just absolutely perfect next to Luca. It's like if you were to craft and build the perfect player yeah. to be next to Luca at that guard spot, it's Malcolm Brogdon. And it's perfect timing because Milwaukee, they have – a lot of guys that are free agents. They have some decisions to make. Yeah. And, and Giannis will be a free agent soon. And the Mavs, I don't think they want to give Malcolm the max, but I think they'll have to get close to that or be at that in order to bring him or get him away from Milwaukee. But I, I think Malcolm, and I'm hoping Malcolm Brogdon is a Mav next year. Now, a lot of people have said they won't go after Brogdon because he's restricted. They would have to wait three days to hear something back. And in the meantime, guys like Kemba and Boyan and, and Patrick, you know, all these other guys could be gone. And then if he and if Milwaukee does match, then they're screwed. Yeah, but I don't think like everybody's still talking. Like, true. You know, I don't think Boyan. He's still going to listen. He's still if he if they if the Mavs say, "Hey, Boyan, the Mavs want Malcolm. They want you too. We got to wait for this. If you just give us three days, I really don't. Unless somebody comes in and it's you know the Toronto Raptors and and yeah. and they say Kawhi stay and come play with us. We're going to win another championship if they they win. So I I and and we talked about like at the combine, all the decisions are kind of already made. So yeah. I don't think that wait. I think everybody kind of already knows what's going to happen. Um, and if they if if Milwaukee does decide to match, then so be it. I'm sure there's other people. There's also rumors of of trades that if the Mavs don't get the players that they want in free agency, there's a lot of trade partners out there for for a couple of players. Yeah, so we can talk about those, but I agree with what you're saying about how things are going on right now too. Like I've kind of come to the understanding. I've realized now that as fans, we look at like trade rumors and all oh, the trade deadline or free agency starts July 1st. Everyone's talking now, but I realize now that all this crap is already happening. Like teams are already talking, owners and GMs talk, players talk, they have lunch with some guy. They, they have ideas yeah, of what they're doing. Stuff is already happening. A lot of the guys probably already know what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. Like we were talking about Kevin Durant probably already knows what he wants to do. Mm-hmm. Kyrie. So I don't think it's like, oh man, we got to wait three days. We have mm-hmm. no idea. It's like they might not know, but they're probably have an idea. Yeah. So I, um, I agree. But trade rumors. Well, first there's some other guys that uh, Danny Green was, uh, it's not really a rumor, but it was uh, an article that uh, they had talked about was Danny Green, which I, I kind of like that that fit. Obviously, that's not a number one guy. Yeah, but, but it's a good, it's a good if, fit. If you get Kemba, for example, Danny Green would be perfect to have right. in there, depending on how the Mavs want to run their, their starting lineup. But the trade rumors or the, the ideas that were suggested, I don't know if they're actual official rumors from Warjanowski or, or Stein or whatever, um, but that was uh, Kevin Love because the Mavs can't absorb... Kevin's oh, right. contract outright and the Cavs 
owe so much money yeah. to their team, which is like the worst team in the league. Well, they can absorb it through cap space or through the trade exception. It, yeah, so exactly. Ideally, yeah. the trade exception. Yeah, obviously. yeah, 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 yeah. So, and that, honestly, like, that helps with the rebounding problem. And if you got Love and Porzingis pick and roll with shooting with, with, yeah. it would be ridiculous because kevin love and porzing are sharp shooters that would be a lot like the mavs or uh ellis parsons chandler yeah and they were like the number one offense yeah, yeah. their defense was Dirk. like eh, but yeah. offensively they it were was unstoppable amazing. and they they, yeah. they had like six 30 point victories that yeah. year and then they did the trade for rondo and all went they downhill screwed it up, yeah but they were historically good that year like yes. they set records with mm-hmm. some of their because they blowouts. had so much shooting and spacing and, and the pick and roll with ellis it and was Dirk. unbelievable it, yeah. It, yeah and tyson was, yeah. yeah so that one another one um so you had kevin love the other one was uh danilo gallinari oh, gallinari, yeah. gallinari had a great year yeah this year and uh so if the mavs whiff on 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 whoever they want free agency there's some teams like the Cavs are gonna trade kevin love there's no way they're gonna continue to pay him and win 18 games next year (laughs) like it's just ridiculous and then gallinari has no place in 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 the clippers land they want especially if they can let's say two max guys agree to go to the clippers they will have to trade gallinari True, yeah. And at that point, they'll just give him away. They would have to, yeah. yeah. And they wouldn't care. And the who's going to take that much money? Well, the team that has the exception. Yeah. So, yeah, you know. Yeah, because Gallinari is owed... 22. Yeah. Yeah, so, 22. You know, um, are those those number one guys? No, I mean, but, Gallinari averaged 19 points no. per game last year. Right. And and the thing is with, with Donnie, Donnie like, is going to try to get you know, the top guy. But he's always gonna put a team. So if he he's got A, B, C, D, and E options. So next year, maybe they're not the championship team, but they're gonna be winning fifty games, and they're gonna have guys there as long as Cuban gets that one year. The, another thing with Gallinari is it's just one year. So True. you know that would help. Everybody's them a lot. happy. Yeah, exactly. So let's try to predict um, <sighs> next year's starting lineup. We know um, Porzingis. And we know Luca, and I think we're pretty sure about Powell. I don't want to make any assumptions. I know that he opted out. Yeah. But he was also working out with Luca and Carlisle over the summer. Yeah. So he's coming back. Yeah, now, I think he's coming back. Is he their their idea for starting center? I, I personally think they want to kind of have that dynamic of Tyson and Dirk. They yeah. have the role man and the shooter. But Powell is not Tyson. Powell's a role man, but well, not okay. defensively. I see what you But mean. offensively. Right. So, and then on the defensive end, Porzingis takes Tyson's oh, role and Powell takes Dirk's because Powell can't guard anybody. And, and in small such a great ball, shooter. And in <laughs> small ball, yeah. Well, on defense, he doesn't have to worry about shooting. So on offense, yeah. it'd be he'd be taking Tyson. On defense, he'd be taking Dirk. Right. They would kind of switch. Switch. Right. It makes sense in my head. Oh, I, I see know. what you yes. mean. No, yeah. I got you. Okay. I got you. So I think that maybe they want that kind of setup, but so that would okay. Center and power forward. Are we're assuming are set. Yeah. And then Luca is one through three. Who knows? Yeah. Um. I. For some reason, I just think that Beverly, I think a Mav, he's, yeah. yeah, I think he's a Mav, um, and so I think he would start at either one or two. Um, I have a good feeling about Brogdon. Um, I, I mean, I think it's gonna be well, and I'm not, I'm not even really sure about Brogdon. I just have a good feeling about him, mm-hmm. but. Like I said, they don't have a, a history of getting those kinds of guys. So I want to say it's Beverly Luka. Brogdon's not one of those kind of guys. Though. He's one of the yeah. lesser known ones. Yeah. Um, but I want to say Beverly Luca, And then I'm going to be a Johnny Raincloud and be like, that's, they don't really get anybody else. And then there are three. Well, they got to get somebody. Their team's got to be Well, they could up. be Finney Smith to start at the three. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying it. Like, I'm, I'm just gonna. I'd be, rather have Justin Jackson. I'm gonna be a realist and just not let my heart get into it, and just say it's not gonna work out, and that's okay because I still got Porzingis and Luca. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna say so. You're going Beverly, Luca, Finney Smith, KP, and Kapowell. Kapowell. Yeah. 
I'm going to go with Beverly as well. I think that's a lock. I don't know why. I don't know why. It's just, just it's just yeah. a lock. Like, he just seems like the Mavs are in yeah. love with him. Yeah. And he actually is a good fit next to Luca. 3 and D, a legit 3 and D, not like Wes Matthews. <laughs> Couldn't guard anybody or shoot efficiently. Hey, he could guard dependent. James Harden. That's the only guy he can guard. Because he's slow and... Yes. Yeah. They tried putting him on Damian Lillard. It was right by him. <laughs> It's like, why? Why are we doing this? Well, he's a big, strong defender. Yeah, but he can't stay in front of anybody. Anyways, so, uh, yeah, he's I think. He's a big, strong defender. <laughs> well, that's, that was the thought. He's, a, he's got all that strength. Um, yeah, so, but those post-ups, though. With Wes? Yeah. I mean, there had to be something to it because he goes to Indiana. And, and what do the they start doing? Thing. They start posting up Wes. And even just, the Indiana fans were like, like if I see. If I see another Wes Matthews post up, and it's like, it why? Like, I feel your pain, man. Yes. And and what is it about his post up? Does he demand post ups? I think they just saw Carlisle do it, and, and they were like, were if like, Carlisle's it doing must it, be a good idea. <laughs> and Carlisle might have been doing that to shut him up. Who knows? Yeah. Or or there's some super advanced stat that supports it. Well, like but you said, whatever the numbers it, say, it's they're wrong. wrong. Okay, I don't care. If there's an advanced stat that supports a Wes Matthews post-up, that stat needs to be re-evaluated, okay? Because the eye test is telling me that is the wrong move The number of times he dribbled it off his, his foot. foot or <laughs> threw it out of bounds or jacked up some shot, you know. Oh, man, you remember, I was thinking about this. I know we're getting off topic. Remember that first Laker game? The Mavs against the Lakers, and and the Mavs were down by like twelve with three minutes left. Oh, and Luca had, Luke the had this great comeback, oh. hit the game tire, game tying shot. Then LeBron comes down, and, and Matthews fouls him. Fouls him. Thirty eight, and I remember that 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 contributed to our conspiracy that the players didn't actually like yeah. Luca. They didn't want him to have that because victory. It, it was the dumbest like, foul in the well, world, and it looked like a frustration foul because he kind of just swung at his arm. Like, and it was, yes. like, and you, even LeBron was like, like dude, thanks. <laughs> yeah, thank you. We just won the game because you found like an idiot. Oh, it was so awesome. So anyways, um, I'm going to say Patrick Beverly, Luca, Porzingis, Kapowell. And I'm going to go with the other wing slash guard as Malcolm Brogdon. I think the Mavs... So the same exact lineup as I said. Well, you didn't have Brogdon. You had Finney Smith. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Wow. Um, I think the Mavs take Malcolm Brogdon. I think they have to pay, way overpay him to get him. But I think they do it, and I think they see it as a, a good thing because Luka's on his rookie year. They can afford to overpay a player. Milwaukee cannot afford that right now because they have all these contracts... Mm -hmm. And uh, they made it to the Eastern Conference Finals without him. True. So there's no need in their mind to sign him to a, a max deal. So I think the Mavs get Malcolm Brogdon. That's assuming that they're even interested in Malcolm Brogdon. I am assuming that they are. And the fact that they have never mentioned his name leads me to believe that. It's like the Jimmy Butler thing. Because they there's no rumors, yeah. that means that This is turning into yeah. a super long podcast. Okay. So, um, eight years ago today or yesterday, depending on when you're listening to this or last week, who knows? It'll be, yeah. Okay. Um, the Mavs had one of the greatest comebacks in NBA finals history and I want to relive it. We won't, we won't spend like an insane amount of time on this. Unless, I feel like we will. Yeah, I feel like we probably will actually. Just I'm going to take that back. We're going to spend an insane amount of time on this. Well, well, don't scare them away. <laughs> because <laughs> it was one of the greatest moments in my history of being a Mavs fan. At any Mavs yeah, fan. Yeah. yeah. Um now obviously winning the championship, I mean game 6, that's so that's number 1, but I would say this is number 2 because it, because it was such an amazing comeback, it was so amazing to watch. So I want to. I, wanna... I think it is officially the greatest comeback well, because greatest... of the the lead and the time yeah. remaining. Maybe it wasn't the the biggest yeah. comeback. I was gonna say greatest makes it sound like it's a matter of opinion. Yeah. So I well, don't, I, I don't know how we you have the right that. opinion. Yeah, so we're right. Yeah. Um. Okay. So the comeback started in the fourth quarter. Where is it? With seven fourteen left in the game. Dwayne Wade hit a three that put the Heat up by, 
Let me see. It was 73 to 88 at that point. That's a 15-point lead. James to Chalmers. Wade the corner. Axgard! Three-pointer from Dwayne Wade. And the Heat have blown this game open. And I remember this moment. I remember this game because, you know, you gone through the whole playoffs, swept the Lakers, beat the Thunder. You know, you lost game one, but we were like, it's okay. I mean, we, you know, you're not going to win. Winning on the road is difficult. We were kind of okay with game one. They played a little scared. I but, wasn't okay with game one because of the way they lost. Yeah, the way they lost was, like I said, they were kind of playing scared. Yeah, their butts kicked. And then in game two, it was almost worse. I mean, they just could not, they were not playing well. And when this happened, they were down by 15. And I remember we were saying to each other, why, why did you fight so hard to make it to this point to just, it looked like they were just crumbling. They just weren't yeah. trying. And we were like, why did you... Why would you fight so hard to make it here? And I remember you you couldn't watch it. You had gone into when the When Dwayne room. Wade hit that shot, I went into the office yeah. and sat there in the dark. Yeah. And you were just I you were just sitting there. And then I think I think they hit that's when the comeback started. I want to say um the it was a two-point layup. I want to say they had started the comeback and I went in there and I was like hey. <laughs> <laughs> and then, Leave me alone. And you were like you know, you're like, I just, I just don't get it or whatever. So then we went back and we, we kept watching it and, uh, and it was just, it was just amazing. I remember screaming so loud yeah. and we lived in an apartment complex. We did. And so we had somebody below us. We were on the second floor. I, I know we drove them crazy, <laughs> but I think they also knew why. Yeah. Like, you know, so they were, they were probably okay with it, but I mean, I, I do remember going into the office and I was thinking like, not again. You know, like, they were so good in that those playoffs against the Lakers and against the Blazers and against the Thunder. They were so good. They they just had this will yeah. about them. And then in game one, okay, you lost. It's the first time they were down in the, seer, in the, in the playoffs. I didn't like it because LeBron had this massive dunk where he screamed. I, was, I wanted to kill LeBron. <laughs> And uh, game two starts, and Dwayne hits that shot, and that taunting, and the way he stood there holding his arm up. I was like, I, I, I can't watch this. So I went in the office, and then, yeah, Jason Terry hit back-to-back jumpers, I think. Yeah, so right after the timeout, um, there was a couple fouls and stuff. Um, Marion missed a shot. Uh, Tyson missed a shot. And then, uh, where was the first? Yeah, Jason Terry made a two-pointer. And then they kind of went back and forth. And then he made, Jason Terry made another layup. And then Miami took a timeout. Um, and then from there, yeah, it was like free throws. Marion made it to, I won't go through the whole thing. But yeah, mm -hmm. it was, uh, they had to be perfect down yes, the stretch. They, and they, and were, they were. Yeah, the defense that they, they played. And then finally, which we believed eventually was going to happen because LeBron is not a dead-eye shooter. And in those playoffs, him and Wade were hitting every three, yeah. buzzer beater three, fadeaway threes. And everyone was like, they figured it out. Yes. They figured they out how figured to play out each how other. To play. And I was like, no, they're, they're just on fire. They're, right. they're making everything. And finally, in that game, LeBron had a couple of threes where he was making the entire playoffs. He shot them and was starting to miss them. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, this is the real LeBron jump shot. He can't make these consistently, and he started missing them. He kept shooting them. And yeah, then... he missed two. So he missed a three-pointer. Dwayne Wade got the the rebound, and LeBron missed another three-pointer. Yeah, and uh, and then Dirk. Terry to Nowitzki, puts up the three, puts it in. Dallas goes up by three with 26.7 remaining. A 20 to two run. One of the most incredible comebacks in NBA Finals history. Yeah, so Dirk had, um, he actually hit a, a three to put the Mavs up by three um, on this just really great screen by yeah. Tyson. They started running this like staggered pick and roll where Tyson would basically screen two guys at the same time. And so he they ran that and Dirk got a three 
and nailed it. And they went it up was by three. So awesome. And there was, let me see, there was at that point 26 seconds left. And we were like, yes. Yes. I mean, because that that yeah. was that was the game. Yeah. He iced it right there. Because yeah. now it turns into a foul game. Yeah, exactly. And, and then so the heat take a timeout. They're inbounding. I, I I can't even hear it anymore, like <laughs> thinking about this. Okay. Can they finish off this extraordinary comeback? Chalmers wide open. Oh, Chalmers knocks down the three and ties the game. Yeah, I remember being so nervous when he made that shot because I was like, oh my God, you can't have this huge when comeback. Hit it. Yes. Because they had this huge comeback. You can't go down 0-2. So when he made that three, it made me so nervous because this was their game to win. If they yeah. lost it, it really would have crippled them. And I was like, why? And, and Jet. I know. So the reason Chalmers was open is they, Chalmers, he just ran a, over the three-point line to the corner. And Terry was supposed to chase him, obviously, and play defense. And he was chasing. And then he just stopped. He just stopped running. He played Chalmers hero just, ball. Well, because he was trying to, because they thought he, in his mind, the ball was going to Wade. Yeah. And he was going to try to play hero ball, yeah, sneak in, it. and yeah. steal it. So they just threw it across the court to the corner. Chalmers has a wide open three. And to his credit, he drained it. Yeah. I mean, that was a big shot. So the Mavs are now tied, which is, that was like, at the time, you're like, okay, at least it just I wasn't, tied it. I was so nervous. <laughs> and they had 24 points. You can't have mistakes seconds. like that in the finals. So it's a tie game. Mavs take a timeout. I'm going to play this next clip. They put Bosch on Nowitzki in this possession. Seven to shoot. Nowitzki drives with an elite lefty layup. Banks it in with 3.6 remaining. Miami out of timeouts. Trailing so, I, so as uh, Van Gundy pointed out, they had Bosch on Dirk. And even we were like, why isn't Haslam on Dirk? He's been on him the whole game. He's their best defender. My theory was, and I don't think Haslam was guarding. I think they had Bosch guarding Dirk pretty much. Oh, okay. But my theory was that they felt like Bosch was better than Dirk. They had such yeah. disrespect. Well, at the to time, Dirk. you know, it was the big three. Yes, Bosch yes. was part of that, and it was Bosch even, versus Dirk. Who's better? You know. But even when Bosch was in Toronto. If you thought Chris Bosch was better than Dirk, you just didn't know basketball. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like I know yeah. he put up 23 and 11 like but they every sucked. year. Yeah, they, they couldn't win a game, and so yeah, I think it was a, a dis. It was an ultimate disrespect move. Like we we think our guy yeah. is better than your guy, and we're gonna let him. We're gonna prove it. And yeah. of course, you know, the only thing famous <laughs> about Chris Bosch is that gif of him with the champagne after the. Uh, I'll, I'll show you okay. afterwards. Yeah, but anyway, so yeah, it was a disrespectful move, I think personally. And then Dirk torched them because they didn't have the respect for Dirk that they had for their players that the Mavs had for the Heat. Yeah, and that play it was so perfect. So Dirk had it, and he started going, and he did just a little shoulder fake, and Bosch took he fell for the fake and thought Dirk was gonna stop and pull up and shoot a jumper and so he fell for it and kind of jumped up and then Dirk just went right by him with a unique lefty layup <laughs> <laughs> and bang! Um, yeah Mike Breen's bang yeah um and he just and it was a and it was just it was just great you and know how many times I have watched that YouTube yeah, video. It's know. disturbing. Are you sure you like, want to share that? <laughs> you don't even need to. Sh I can probably quote it because <laughs> <laughs> I remember. <laughs> I remember Jeff Van Gundy that they put Bosch on no whiskey. Yeah. Like he was so shocked. Well, that's really, what everybody was yes, thinking. It's like what? Are, and they had a foul to give. Yeah, and they didn't. Well, and that's they why, didn't help. Yeah, that's LeBron why LeBron stood there. That's why Dirk went so early because they had the foul to give, and he thought they would use it, and yeah. then they would reset. And then when he didn't, when they didn't, he just went for it. And I don't the, know why the they famous didn't. LeBron's help side defense became apparent in that finals. Like yeah. he literally watched Dirk <laughs> go right by him. Yeah, he he did kind of come over, but it was late. Yeah, it was lazy. It wasn't yeah. a, a full it wasn't complete because they all they all played Dirk with the jump shot. Yeah, and you know. Obviously, you have to because he's made, especially that final. So, yeah. So then there's three seconds left, and this is one of my favorite images of Dwayne Wade 
whenever he tries to make that. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I'm going to play the clip. Miami out of timeouts, trailing by two. James back to Wade. Wade puts it up for the win. Off the mark, and Dallas has tied the finals with one of the most incredible comebacks in NBA Finals history. So there, th this is the clip where it shows Dwayne Wade and he's on the ground because he had flopped trying yeah, to get yeah. the foul. Like, they're going <laughs> to call it there. And, and he's uh, holding his eye. Like, like, yeah, yeah, he's kind of like wiping his eye, like trying to sell it. Hey, he's he hit like, me in the face. Yeah, and then he's like, wait a minute, this is stupid. We just lost. <laughs> so that he, that he gets helped up. But I remember um, that shot because it was actually close. It, it was scary. It bounced off the back of the rim. And mm -hmm. so... Even then, I was like, oh, my God, it's going to go in. That I was... saw the whole thing in my head. It goes in. Wade is the greatest of all time. The Heat win. It's the end of my life. That was the longest three and a half seconds yeah. ever. And then when he shot it, like, it was like just slow motion. And then finally, like, you, you can breathe. Yeah. And it was like, oh, thank you. And and they won the game. And, and then it was all, you know, it was funny because we, we were all uplifted after that. We were, mm -hmm. okay, we're back. Yeah. And then they go and lose game three. I know. And Dirk was like, we we have to stay focused in game three. We cannot have a comeback like this and, and then, then lose, lose game, game three. And, and then they lost, they lost game, game three. Game three. Yeah. And we were like, crap. Yeah. But they ended up winning the series. They were just tough that year. And that comeback, I think, was was part of it. It was just, it was awesome. I could watch that over and over. I have. <laughs> <laughs> so um, this this is the eight year anniversary. Next, uh, s no, next Wednesday I think is the eight year anniversary of Game Six, mm. the championship. Um, so we can talk about Game Six and the whole championship and everything in our next episode. That episode will be a day late because we won't be here on Sunday. So that episode will be aired on Tuesday. So stay tuned for that episode and we'll go through the whole, whole game six. If there's any new free agency rumors, we're obviously going to talk about that too. Um, but that's pretty much it for the show. Again, guys, uh, follow the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. No, no, I'm no, doing no, no, no. We've already <laughs> YouTube, done it. Twitter, at Goodbye. Dallas Hoops mute, Fancast, mute. at Dallas and on YouTube, you can subscribe there oh as well. God. And you can follow us on Twitter. I feel like that's that's so annoying. Like, okay, when I go and watch a YouTube video and I got to wait 10 seconds for them Make to sure actually... Make sure you like, sh share, subscribe, yes. leave a comment, turn it on notifications. Me nuts. Yeah. Okay, so maybe we, we got to find a better way to do this. Anyways, thanks, guys. Thanks, guys, for listening. We'll talk to you guys in the next episode. Bye. Tomorrow and I'm a in my house, so you're not promised to me.